Hello and welcome to episode 14 of the FPL Context podcast with me, Steve. And me, Greg. And he's pulled one back. He's ended the rut, guys. It was five game week wins in a row for me. And Greg's finally won one last week. Uh, Greg, tell us how you did it. Uh, easy, obviously. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I think uh, my captain choice was definitely a big help for me this game week going. Bruno, he delivered again away from home. Um, big haul for me. And I think that really helped me this game week. Yeah. Um, so tell everyone in total, how many points did you get? And who did the business? So I got 59 points this game week. Um, just going from my team. Uh had Martinez with no clean sheet there. Um, so he just got a blank. Taylor got me zero points with the absolute battering they took from uh, Man City. Um, got Chilwell, nice eight-pointer. Very consistent option at the moment. Um, Kufau, again, blank. Son, blank. Salo got me a nice six-pointer. Grealish with the 10, great goal. Um, Fernandez with the 10 as well, but captains, they got me the double points. Um, and then a uh, pretty weak strike force this week with Bamford and Calvert-Lewin both blanking and Vardy just getting the assist. But overall, very happy. 59 points. I'll definitely take that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I always said, so last last year, I don't know if I told you, but I did I did finish in the top 1K. Um, it's not something I like to talk about a lot. but uh, Really? Yeah. It's not. I try and keep it on the down low. I did, like I said, I finished in the top 1K overall, but like I don't like to talk about it. Um, but yeah, if anyone wants autographing or anything they want to send through to my Twitter account, what they need a signature for, uh, Mr. Top 1K, then that's no problem. But uh, <laughs> for, for now, I'll talk about uh, my team. So I got 53 points. Um, and the reason I've lost this game week is basically down to one man. And that's Jamie Vardy. Uh, Jamie Vardy was my captain. And somehow, Fulham... Let me say this again. Fulham <laughs> didn't let him score, um, which says a lot about Leicester, I think, because when you're getting done, like, let's be honest, no one foresaw Brendan Rodgers playing a back five against Scott Parker's Fulham. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's like, um, basically, you, you're lining up against, like, a Fiat and you're in a 100-metre sprint with a, a Ferrari, and you're going, why don't you start at 99 metres, and we'll start after, we'll catch up. And that's what's happened. He's played about five. It's gone wrong for him. When you're getting played off the park by Fulham, you know that you've had a bad day. And that happened, unfortunately. He did get an assist, but, uh, yeah, very poor. Very, very poor. Uh, I had Chilwell, eight points. So consistent, that Chelsea defence. So consistent. Yeah. Um, I had Bruno again, absolutely. The guy is an FPL machine. My prediction for him to be the top point scorer this season looks like it's gonna looks like it's gonna be very close with his away form. It's absolutely ridiculous. Um to not blank in any away game since he's joined the league is ridiculous. Uh Grealish again, absolutely fantastic, ten points. Uh person what hurt me a little bit was I had Mane. Uh, obviously, Mane started on the bench, came on with about 25 minutes left. Didn't do much. Um, I brought Mane in to replace Salah, obviously, with COVID, and it's not really worked out for me at all. So, one of those which just hasn't worked. So, 
I'll be looking at that this week, but obviously I do have Grealish and Martinez, so there's a conversation to be had. So I know you have Grealish and Martinez too, Greg. So what's the plan? Uh, so the plan currently is I kind of want to hear a bit more information in terms of when this game's being postponed too. Um, and I think if it gets fully confirmed that Villa, uh, Villa won't be playing this week at all in this game week, it'll probably be a case of maybe moving Grealish to a one-week punt such as Mara's for me. Yeah, it's, um, it's a difficult one because obviously Villa look like they're going to have like a double and a triple game week coming up very, fairly soon or something along those lines because obviously they missed the first game of the season too. Um, so they've got a lot of games in the bank now and... Um, Obviously, I've got a bit of I've got quite a bit of value in Grealish, Martinez. Um, see, the problem for me is I want a City midfielder for this weekend against um, Fulham, obviously. And I, I've got Martinez in goal, and I've got Forster on the bench. So if I take, I'm basically going to have to decide whether I want to go without eleven players this week and not play the goalkeeper. Um, and it used my transfer to bring a City player in. And I must admit, that's the side I'm uh, erring on at the moment. Um, I'm thinking about either Grealish to Mares, like you said, or Mane to KDB. Um, so along those lines, I'm bringing Sushek in off the bench. Um, that's where I'm thinking. Um, so I'm looking, I'm not going to take a hit to bring a goalkeeper in. That's just something I won't do especially Martinez coming in. But the only thing I'd say about that is there's a keeper who's got some absolutely brilliant fixtures coming up, and that's Alex McCarthy. So McCarthy, his next four out of five fixtures are against the bottom half. So he's got Brighton away, Sheffield United at home, Arsenal. Arsenal can't hit a barn door at the moment. City, and then he's got Fulham. Uh, so he's got some really good fixtures there, and obviously he's only four point six own. He's four, sorry, he's four point six mil. So he's a fantastic replacement for Martinez. But Brighton away, I can't see. I, I don't really expect Southampton to keep a clean sheet away at Brighton. So if I'm going to take a hit to bring a goalkeeper in because I want that City midfield, it just doesn't feel worth it. So I'm thinking I'm going to play with ten this ten this weekend. Are you going to do something along those same lines? Yeah, I think. Um... I don't really want to use a transfer on moving a goalkeeper. So I think it's most likely that I will be playing with 10 uh, because same as you, my second goalkeeper is Forster. So I unfortunately won't be having a sub off the bench for that. I think I might just have to take that though and just accept that my goalkeeper won't play this game week. So I just think it's a problem that I don't really want to fix when I feel like I've got other problems elsewhere. Yeah, yeah. And I think obviously I'd like to target City for this game. So the goalkeeper... I'm just going to have to play with 10. And to be honest, Martin has only got me one point last week anyway. So I was like, I was playing with 10. So, um, <laughs> yeah, so not not too much of a bother. But, um, yeah, it'll be interesting. Hopefully we'll hear some news before the deadline. There is some talk that they might keep this game uh, this game within the same game week, but announce it after the, get, the, the, the deadline. That doesn't sound right to me. But if that was to happen, then maybe a good idea would, to be to keep Martinez and Grealish on the pitch if you have them 
And then if that does happen, then obviously you have them starting. But I feel like that's very unlikely. I feel like it'd be a bit sneaky by fantasy FPL going, oh, yeah, by the way, they're actually going to play. So, um, yeah, I can't see that happening. So just keep an eye on that. Obviously, Saturday's the deadline now. So hopefully we'll hear something tomorrow or maybe the day after. But, um, yeah. Okay, so what we're going to do, guys, is we're going to preview game week 11. And obviously, we're missing that Friday fixture, um, Villa, Newcastle. So we're not going to talk about that. I'm not sure when that's going to come in. So we'll just put that to one side. Um, first game is Burnley-Everton. So Everton are away at Burnley. And Everton's form has just completely gone off a cliff, to be honest. And I think the loss of Dinya is a big, big blow. And if you look at... Um, Goals conceded and XG for goals conceded. Uh, Everton are the second worst in the league. So Everton have let 17 goals in and an XG of 16, which is higher than Fulham and and Sheffield United, which really showcases really that Fulham, uh, Everton are actually very poor defensively after that, um, that good start. I think it's the likes of people like James, and people like that are starting to get found out a little bit with their lack of defensive output. And yeah. that's really that's really hurting them. So if you've got any Everton defence, I know there's not much ownership in the likes of Keane or uh, Minier or people like that, but Dina being off, and obviously with, without the assist potential there and with him being injured for a while, um, you can't... You know, I can see Burnley scoring and... Uh, there's going to be goals in this game, but there's also good news for people who have Nick Pope. So Nick Pope is fit, which unfortunately as a Calvert-Lewin owner, that does worry me a little bit. Um, so what do you think? Obviously Calvert-Lewin has been in incredible form throughout the season. He didn't score last week, but Burnley Everton, obviously poor Everton defence. Can you see goals for both? Um, well, going off of Burnley's 5-0 loss to City last week, they seem to be shipping in the goals. Um, but I guess, obviously, it is against City. But uh, I definitely think um, there are goals to be had for Everton in this game. Um, it'd be interesting to see how they play. I feel like Cavalier's definite strength is in the air. I don't know if uh, that might suit Burnley. Um, yeah, I think it will, yeah. And also, he hasn't got the delivery coming from Dinier. So it's just yeah. really Rodriguez who's putting the, the, the high quality balls in. Obviously, there's a little bit from Coleman, but yeah, I, I actually I could see Calvert-Lewin maybe struggling in this game because I feel like, like you said, most of his threat does come aerial, and that does suit Burnley. Yeah, and I think in terms of um, in terms of that, I wouldn't be too sure on how Calvert-Lewin will do. But I think in terms of the other way as well, I really, I really um, haven't been impressed with Burnley's attacking this season at all so I'm not too sure on how they'll do against Everton even though Everton have a poor record I just uh, I think um, I don't think they're going to score many if they score at all to be honest so yeah. I'm not sure I think there will be goals but I don't really think there'll be that many personally no and I think if I had either one of um, I think they're also quite physical so I think that will not play to Hammers's strengths either no. And Hamez's form has obviously dipped as the Everton results have got worse. So if I was owning an Everton player for this game, I'd probably want Richarlison. But um, 
yeah, it's going to be a close game, that one. And I think Burnley might pip it, to be honest. Everton are on a really bad run. So then we go to the big fixture, what a lot of people are going to be targeting. Yeah. It's Man City-Fulham. So City at home versus Fulham. Now, you watched Fulham against Leicester. Defensively, is it that Fulham were good or is it that City, or sorry, not City, Leicester City were shocking on the day? I think Leicester were really poor on the day. Uh, I don't want to take anything away from Fulham because I think they deserve to win, to be honest. And watching the game, I thought Vardy was a little bit lucky to get an assist, to be honest. I feel like Leicester didn't really have many chances that I can recall from the top of my head. So um, I don't really think Fulham were under that much stress during the game, which made me feel a bit more confident in terms of Fulham's chances against City. But I feel like City are just a different beast. Like they're not gonna, they're not gonna be a, as a helpful to Fulham as Leicester were in terms of Leicester playing five at the back, everything like that. I think Fulham um, would definitely struggle a lot more defensively against City. So I don't think I saw enough from Fulham against Leicester to go into this game being confident they're going to stop City from scoring. No, and can you see Pep playing a back five against... <laughs> you see Pep play, doing a Rodgers and playing a back five against Fulham at home? don't think <laughs> I can quite see that one. Maybe, yeah, a, sure. maybe a front five. <laughs> um, yeah, well, to ease your worries about, about City assets against Fulham, let me give you a couple of stats. So this, if you haven't got any City um, assets, this might cheer you up a bit, guys. So don't worry, I can help you out. So... Uh, who's conceded the most goals in the league this season? Oh, yeah, it's Fulham. Uh, so <laughs> that's a good stat to start with. Um, what about KDB? He's not been like, too prolific recently, is he? So we don't really need to worry about that. Oh, wait, so what's this? Um, so the last two game weeks, uh, KDB's had nine shots and created six chances, and he got two assists in the last game. Hit the post in the last minute. So, yeah, I wouldn't be too worried about not having him as captain. Uh, so, all in all, Mares looked fantastic, obviously. Um, he got rested midweek, so did KDB. Sterling played the full game. So then you're worrying, is Sterling going to get, where is he going to start? And it doesn't look like he is. He doesn't look like, he looks like he's gone down in the pecking order a little bit behind the likes of Torres and Mares. So, um, I like Mares. KDB is the banker. Um, so like I say KDB nine shots six chances created in the last two game weeks he looks great um, strong captaincy options and uh, I'm thinking like you at the moment that there's a certain other person that I want to captain and he plays for the other Manchester club so I think I may bring in Mares and cover that but yeah, um, yeah so all in all, City are going to batter Fulham, aren't they? Yeah, that's fully what I'm expecting. I think that's what everyone's expecting. I think City is just going to be too strong for Fulham. And I think uh, people with KDB, I think, captaining him against Fulham, it's got to be done. Because if you're not going to captain him against Fulham, you're not going to captain him against anyone. So I think really it should be quite an easy captain choice for people with KDB this week. Yeah, I completely agree. I think if people have Bruno and KDB in the same team, then, like you said, if you're not going to captain KDB against Fulham, you're not going to captain him against anyone. So he has to be your captain if you've got both. Yeah. Um, another person, just a quick one, 
is Jesus. Now, Jesus is 1.3% owned. He's not really done a lot so far this season. But if you want a nice little gamble and differential, and obviously Aguero is still not ready, he could be a nice little differential, couldn't he? Yeah. Or are you not convinced? Um, I haven't been convinced by him this season, like when I've watched him. But I think uh, at the front of City's attack, when they're playing the likes of Fulham and then West Brom in a couple of weeks, I think uh, he's going to come good and I feel like he's almost a guaranteed starter being their only fit striker at the moment. So that's also a bit of a bonus for, uh, for Man City players. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, so what we're trying to say, guys, is if City don't win by more than five, we'll be we'll be pretty surprised. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, I can't see Scotty Parker doing over Pep Guardiola, but please, if I've got that wrong, hit me up when Scott Parker does a masterclass against Pep. But can't see it. Um, then we've got United away at West Ham. Now, there's one man to start with, isn't there? And his name's Bruno Fernandes. And game week three, 12 points away from home. Game week five, 11 points away from home. Game week eight, 17 points away from home. Game week 10, 10 points away from home. So he's got a, digit, a double digit hole in every single one. Um, if you haven't got a City asset, he's got to be your man, isn't he? I think so. I think those stats don't lie. Um, he never seems to blank away from home. It seems like it really suits him. United have been absolutely quality away from home. Their record away from home is ridiculous right now. I'm pretty sure their away streak from home uh, at the moment is higher than it's ever been in the Premier League era for United. So it shows how well they're doing away from home in the league. Um, yeah. So I think uh, going to the Hammers is definitely a tricky game. But I think just because of that record... Bruno's my man and I think I've trusted Bruno for the last three weeks and he's repaid it every week so I don't see any reason to change to be honest yeah and another thing guys is Man United are top for big chances created in the last two game weeks too so um, obviously that's something to keep an eye on and they went they played Southampton were one, a good good team especially and they've been good defensively so far this year so to be top with big chances obviously shows how many attempts they're actually getting. So, yeah, Bruno is obviously another fantastic option. If you don't have KDB, then he's a great way to go. Um, we've also got, you look at West Ham, defensively, they look good. Um, Villa were very unlucky not to get more than one goal against them. Um, but is this going to be the game where... United are going to be able to put a couple past them after the disappointment of the PSG game or they're going to have a bit of a hangover. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see United's reaction to this one. Um, as a United fan, I'm obviously hoping it's a positive reaction. But I think uh, they'll be quite hurt by that PSG game. So hopefully um, it won't be one of those games where they come into it uh, heads low and make it, hard, uh, make it harder for us. I think, it's yeah. one of those, I think it's one of those games for us as well where... We could really do with an early goal. I think if we go far into the game, if West Ham maybe get a goal, I think we'll struggle a lot more. So I think it'll be a case of seeing how that goes. Yeah, and guys, another one. If you've got Rashford, I wouldn't be confident that he'll play at the weekend. He went off with a dodgy shoulder yesterday. It's been niggling him for a while. Oli loves to force him to play, but I can't see it. Um, obviously, Cavani was incredibly impressive last uh, last week. Two, uh, two goals and assist. But obviously, with 
what looks like an impending ban uh, coming over him after the Instagram um, post he, uh, he posted. It looks like that should go on the back burner for a while, but he'll be a great option um, when he's free of that that cloud. Obviously, we'll wait for more news. Uh, Martial's incredibly out of form. Uh, he's, he's known for his clinical finishing, but this season it's just not worked for him. And uh, missed a sitter last night. And I wouldn't be surprised if Oli dropped him uh, for the, the next game. So I wouldn't be taking a gamble on Martial at all either. Yeah, I um, I wouldn't. I I think uh, definitely if all of our players are fit, I think Martial would probably be getting dropped. But just because of Rashford being injured and Cavani maybe not playing, I think Martial will most likely play. But um, as you say, he's just really on poor form at the moment. He can't seem to hit a barn door, uh, which which isn't like him. But I think uh, his confidence is definitely low at the moment. I think he's a player that plays on confidence. So I think uh, if you own him, which I don't think many do, I would probably, uh, I, I wouldn't be uh, expecting too much. No, and to be honest, I actually think he will be dropped. I think Oli will go to um, a diamond against West Ham. He'll play the 4 one 2 one 2 with Pogba and Van der Beek back. I think you'll see Matic sit Fred over Pogba, Van der Beek, Bruno, and then up front you have Greenwood and Cavani. That's what I'm expecting to see. Obviously, if the Cavani, the ban thing comes through, it might change, but I do not think Martial will start uh, the next game. Anyway, moving on. So then we've got another game, which is Chelsea-Leeds. Now, that's going to be a great game to watch. Chelsea, at the back, their record is unbelievable. Um, So since Mendy's come in, He's kept nine clean sheets in 11 games, which obviously shows the appeal of the likes of Reese James, shows the appeal, the, the appeal of the likes of Chilwell. Um, and obviously that's there making you think that it's going to be very difficult for Leeds to score. And as a Bamford owner, I am a bit worried. Um, but one of the shining lights for Leeds was Rafinha. So Rafinha, in his last two game weeks, he's had eight shots and three, created three chances, obviously scored the goal. And five point four, he's very well priced. So, do you like the like? Do you like the look of him of a di- as a differential, or do you just you can't see Chelsea conceding? I think uh, in this fixture, Chelsea are going to be very hard to break. They've uh, been so good defensively recently. Mendy's uh, really shored up at the back. I feel like it instills a lot of confidence in the defense, and I think the defense in itself is um, very very good at the moment. So. Um, I think it'd be really tricky for Leicester. Uh, Leeds, sorry. But I have watched Leeds in the previous games. I've watched Rafinha last week and I do like the look of him. He seems like a player that really wants to try things all the time. He's uh, quite skillful. He wants to have shots. He wants to create chances. So I think at 5.4, he is a good option because that is uh, obviously pretty cheap. And I think maybe looking long-term, it looks like a better option. But I think for this game alone, um, I would... I wouldn't expect too many goals for Leeds. Yeah. And then on the flip side, uh, Leeds always do look a little bit open at the back. They've kept a couple of clean sheets here and there, but uh, Timo Werner, he's starting to hot up a little bit. And uh, so in the first six game weeks, he had 0.3 big chances per 90 minutes. And in the last four, he's had 1.4. So obviously that introduction of Ziyech has had a big difference on him. And uh, the fact that he's not done a middle and Tammy's done a middle and he's coming from the left. 
I think you've, he is a great option against Leeds. I think he'll return quite big against them. I think he's, Leeds might be a perfect team for him to play against. And I expect Timo to do really well. Yeah, I've seen um, I've seen a few people uh, thinking about getting Timo out of their teams, but I've actually um, thought Timo's been quite unlucky in the league recently in terms of he could have got a lot more points than he has. I think he scored a great goal um, against Spurs, but obviously it was disallowed. And I think uh, there's more to come from him. So I reckon in this game he will do really well, especially against a team like Leeds, who have been known to be inconsistent at the back. So... Um, yeah, I think Timo's one to stick with for me. I've actually thought about getting him in myself because I've currently got Vardy and mm-hmm. I think Timo might be the one I want to go to after Vardy. Yeah, I um, think, to be honest, I think that's a great shout. I think Chelsea are looking really strong. Um, it's between him and Cavani I'm looking at at the moment. Um, but with Leeds, the only thing I'd say is obviously Chelsea have got fantastic defence, but Leeds are top for shots in the box. Um in the last two game weeks, they've had 32 shots in the box in the last two game weeks, which is more than City. Um, so obviously, Leeds' attacking output is is really strong. And if you are a chill owner, it's not a foregone conclusion. Leeds are a strong attacker. If you've got Bamford, play him because Leeds have just got that. Well, they're not scared of anyone, obviously, as we've seen away at Liverpool at the start of the season. So... Yeah, Leeds attackers, you don't expect something from them, but I'd still play them. Yeah, I think it'll be a good test for them, to be honest. Yeah, I agree. Okay, so then the next game, we're not going to even bother talking about because it's West Brom versus Palace. And to be honest, I can't polish a turd. I can't, (laughs) I can't, like, doesn't matter what, like, if I buy the highest quality varnish there is polish there is uh, I could get myself a nice new cloth you know one of those like really nice cloths what you can get to like really clean up your car like I could have that and two two bottles of polish and I wouldn't be able to polish this game up it is a turd uh, don't care about anyone in that um, yeah, if Mitch Mitchell's not going to play uh, Van Arnold's going to play they'll probably concede Zaha might be back that's all I can say about that game like it's generally just couldn't care less about it. Yeah, um, I think I think maybe the only thing I'd add to that about that game is if uh, Zaha does get confirmed to be out, um, Palace have an absolutely dreadful record when he's not playing. So uh, maybe if, uh, I don't know, if, if you're thinking about who's going to win, I'm going to tell you now, it'd be West Brom if Zaha's not playing. <laughs> yeah, any jo- Jordan IU owners out there, sorry about that. <laughs> To be honest, you should be apologising for me to me for having Jordan Ayew. <laughs> um, right, so let's move on. So we've got Sheffield United, Leicester. Now, my differential of the game week comes from this game, and his name is Ollie McBurney. That, now, that. What, do you, what, what do you think about me picking my differential of the game week, Ollie McBurney? I think I think it's an absolute disgrace to the differential competition. <laughs> Think, Guys, uh, don't listen to him I'll tell you why so Ollie McBurney this is his case don't worry Ollie I've got you back here so he's 0.3% owned he's had 10 shots in the box and 4 big chances in the last 2 game weeks so that shows the kind of stats that Ollie's p- posted at the moment he hasn't scored of course but still Sheffield United they've only scored 4 goals this season Greg 
but their expected goals was nearly 13. That's an underperformance of around nine. Surely that's going to come to an end soon and Ollie McBurney is going to be the guy who ends it. And then I can see what you're thinking. You're going, yeah, but I'm still not convinced. That's all right, mate. I can convince you a little bit more. I've got one more stat, which is going to make you think, bloody hell, this guy, he is a magician when it comes to to picking a differential. And that is, Leicester are the worst for big chances conceded in the last two game weeks. And one of those games included Fulham. So Sheffield United at home against Leicester. I'm telling you now, Ollie McBurney's getting a goal. Mate, you've just picked a differential who hasn't scored in 10 games. Mate, I'm a maverick. I've put, I've laid my case there. I feel like Harvey Specter in soups. I've just laid an absolute unbeatable case. And <laughs> I've just won it. All right, well, I, I might as well go for Matthew Vidra as my uh, differential choice for this game. With you then. It's not the same, mate. It's not the same. Play <laughs> Bantamy with Vidra. We know Bernie is a solid shout. Um, okay, there's no one else in Sheffield United I really want to talk about except Ollie McBurney, the, my, <laughs> my boy Ollie McBurney. Um, how do we feel like Jamie Vardy is going to get on our way at Sheffield United? I think he's averaging around 10 points away from home compared to like the three he is averaging at home. So away, you'd expect him to do the business? I think um, definitely it's one of those players you think would suit playing away from home just because of his counter-attacking ability. I think that's definitely what he's very strong at, Jamie Vardy. I think Sheffield United are probably not going to be one of those teams where he's going to be able to get in behind much. So maybe he'll struggle a little bit on that front. But I think, um, obviously, Sheffield United haven't been very impressive this season. And someone as good as Jamie Vardy, I think uh, I'd definitely fancy him in this game. As a Vardy owner, I'm happy to own him for this game. I think uh, um, you'd hope you could get a goal in this sort of game. Yeah, I think just one thing um, what will make us feel a little bit better about ourselves is the fact that if you look at the team's Defensive records this season, Sheffield United have conceded 16 goals. Um, so, obviously, and their XG for conceded is around 15. So, it's around a line to each other. And that's the fourth highest in the league. So, it shows that defensively they're very weak. And you'd expect Vardy, who's got a good away record, to do the business. Um, yeah. That fills me with confidence. Just quickly, on James Justin owners. So, James Justin, obviously, people have had him from the start. Uh, there's some worry because obviously Ricardo's back and also Castagna's back, who are both the first choices, really. Um, the only thing I'd say, guys, is obviously these guys have not played a lot of football at all, especially Ricardo. He's been out for a long time. Rogers isn't just going to throw him in there, in my opinion. So I wouldn't be too worried. I feel like Justin will start, but it is a, it is basically a couple of weeks and then he'll he will be benched. So um, keep an eye on it. But James Justin is a short-term pick now. But I think you'll be okay this week. What do you think, Greg? Yeah, I mean, I think you summed it up perfectly, I think. Uh, oh, thanks. <laughs> with them coming back, I think uh, it will take a bit of a while for them to get back into match fitness. But, um, I mean, it's only a matter of time before James Justin's out of the team uh, with those two backs. Obviously, they'll be first choice. So I think... Um, you got you got to be watching out for that if you're a James Justin owner. Yeah. 
And then we got the North London derby. So we've got Spurs versus the most boring side in the league, and that's Arsenal. Yeah. Um, so, really, this game is basically screaming nil-nil to me. Why is it screaming nil-nil to me? First of all, Kane could be injured. I don't believe it for a second, but he could be injured. I think it's Mourinho talking rubbish, but he could be. Then we look at Son. So Son, in the last four game weeks, has had two shots in the box. All right? So that's their main goal threat, basically. Obviously, alongside Kane, he's had two shots in the box in the last four game weeks. Then we move on looking to the Arsenal side. Arsenal, Aubameyang, big chances per 90 minutes. In 2017 to 2018, he had 1.2. 2018 to 2019 season, he had 1.2. 2019 to 20 season, he had 0.8. What do you think he's averaging big chances per 90 minutes this season, Greg? There's no value that that would surprise me. I'm going to go 0.3. It's even worse than that, mate. It's 0.2. So he's getting 0.2 big chances per 90 minutes. So I understand people talking about the contract and stuff like that. The guy's getting no service at all. And let's be honest, he's looking back. Who's he got? He's got Xhaka. He's got... God, who else they got? Uh, William Pepe. Oh, yeah, William. Like... Like Chelsea, were gutted to get rid of William Pepe. Probably we done a poll recently asking who was the worst signing of all time. Uh, Kepa came first, and then Pepe came second. So that's all you need to know about Pepe. There's not a lot going on there, guys. Lacazette is Lacazette. He's the French Charlie Austin. Um, so, like I said, the, this game's screaming nil nil. And if you got to, you've got Spurs defence, I'd be pretty confident. But I don't see any goals in this. And I think Arsenal will go very defensive, making sure they don't lose after three losses at home in a row. So, yeah. What do you think, Greg? Not a lot of goals or, or do you think I'm wrong? I think Arsenal will play really negative. I think um, they'll play very defensive as they have in pretty much every single game this season. Um, I think if Kane's fit, which I'm pretty sure I heard Mourinho say it was a doubt, but he thinks he will play. So I'd be confident that Kane would play. Um, I think uh, with Kane and Son, I would expect Spurs to beat Arsenal. But I do think it'll be low scoring due to the way Arsenal will be very defensive in this game. And I think maybe it'll be hard for Spurs to break them down at times. But As a Son owner, do you worry at that? Like I said, there's stats there. Is Mourinho going slightly more defensive? He's had two shots in the box over the last four game weeks. Obviously, as a Son owner, is that... Are you looking at that and thinking it's, it's coming to the time where it might like it might be a time to move him on soon? It could, does he worry be, me. could he be one of the guys who leaves for your city asset? It does worry me, and it worries me more now you said it, because I didn't know that before you said it. So it's definitely something I have to think about now. I think the only thing with Son is his last two games have been against City and Chelsea, which are two uh, uh, very great sides. So maybe it's a bit harder for him to get the chances. But I think still like, those numbers aren't great. Uh, I definitely don't think Son is one of my main problems right now. And I think uh, he's proved this season he can get goals. So I think maybe he's one I'll give a bit longer. But um, yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see how it goes. I think in terms of the Spurs-Arsenal game, as you say, I think it'll be low scoring. Yeah, I agree. And then we've got Liverpool-Wolves. Now, Wolves are coming into a little bit of form. Um, Just quickly... 
Uh, Jimenez, horrendous injury. Hope, hope, uh, wish him all the best. Hopefully he'll be back soon. Um, get his confidence back and obviously back to health. Great to hear he's okay. But that was horrific. Um, yeah, I hope to hear. Uh, it's good to hear he's okay. It was such an awful thing. Um, unfortunately, I was watching the game at the time. It was so sad to see. But I'm glad uh, that he responded well and is uh, yeah. hopefully going to recover soon. Yeah, completely agree. Um, a big question a lot of the communities ask at the moment is Diego Jotun. Can he, at 6.8, cover Salah Romani? He's owned by over 33% of managers now, so he's got a big ownership. He's had more points than Salah since game week five, and he's played 40 minutes less. And within that, he's had 14 shots in the box. Now, is Jota as good as asset as Salah and Mane? I mean, I still fancy Salah and Mane uh, as Liverpool's best attackers. But I think Jota with that value, and it is so much cheaper than the likes of Salah and Mane, you could argue it is better. It is interesting to see how it goes forward uh, if Jota manages to keep a starting spot throughout the whole time. Um, because I know in the last game, for example, Mane got subbed on, Salah got subbed off because of the COVID previously. I think in the future, that probably won't be the case. It'll probably be Jota maybe coming off. Um so I think the only thing is you never know about his starting spot, whether he keeps it, whether he doesn't. Um, but if he keeps it and he carries on the form he, he's had, he can probably he can probably match the likes of Mane and Salah potentially, um, or at least come close. And considering the incredible value in him, I think uh, it's a great way to get from someone like Salah to Jota and then that allows you to get a City player. That sort yeah. of uh, tactic is definitely a valid tactic right now. I yeah. think. Uh, I actually think he can match Mane, but whether he can match Salah with the penalties is another one. But yeah, I don't think there'll be a huge difference between the two. And obviously, what you're going to need to work way up is whether the price, whether the extra five million is worth it. And it's getting to that stage where, like you said, it is it's making me think that can I go without? Um, so yeah, it was something to keep an eye on. But he looks fantastic, and I don't. I think Liverpool will struggle a little bit against Wolves. Um, they've got so many injuries, Liverpool. Um, yeah, but I think Liverpool will win. I think it'll be quite a close game. Um, if you're a Robertson owner, obviously there's quite a lot of injuries in the Liverpool defence. Do you still fancy them to keep a clean sheet against Wolves at home? Um. Yeah, I do, to be honest. I think, uh, I know Liverpool have had some big injuries in the back. Uh, but I think going into this game, obviously, it'll be a big loss. No Jimenez for Wolves. Um, and even before that, Wolves' scoring record in the last few game weeks hasn't been great. They haven't been scoring many goals. And I think Liverpool, um, I think Liverpool will do well to, I mean, like obviously in the last game, Liverpool conceded against Brighton, but that was a last minute penalty. I think Liverpool don't really look like conceding that many goals to me. I know they definitely had more chances conceded against Brighton, but I fancy Liverpool to keep a clean sheet, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. No, me too. So if you've got Robertson, guys, hold on. I know he's got a bit of a knock, but I'm sure he'll come for it. Um, and then the last game of the game week is Brighton at home to Southampton. Bit of a derby of some sorts. Um, Southampton obviously just beat by United. Um 
I think there's going to be goals in this game. Brighton are really attacking at home. Southampton are, are good away from home. Um, the key people to look out for for me is, funny enough, Danny Welbeck. I think Danny Welbeck will do well. The high line against uh, Southampton, Vestergaard and the likes of that, I think Welbeck will do well. So that's a nice differential shout too. Yeah. Um, obviously, you don't want him long term. But if you're playing something like a free hit, for example, he could be a nice little gamble. Um, and then I like, I feel like McCarthy will get a couple of save points in this game. And also James Ward-Prowse. Obviously, his his uh, delivery and set piece, obviously, against Manchester United was unbelievable. So he's always a threat and he's, he, he's racking the points up this year. Yeah, I mean, his delivery is absolutely incredible. It's so dangerous all the time and it seems so consistent as well, like every ball seems so dangerous that he plays so I think um, in terms of set pieces he's right up there with anyone but um, I think another player to maybe think about is Tariq Lamptey he's back from his suspension now yeah. I think uh, he's looked when he played in the last game uh, it was a very frustrating one for me because I thought as an owner of his he was their most attacking player he gets so far forward and he creates chances so I think uh, in this game he will do well Um and yeah, if, I think uh, now that he's back, he's definitely one to watch as well. Yeah, and I also think if you're, I think both teams, if you've got any attackers, I'd be pretty confident that something was going to happen. I, I think Che Adams will do well. Um, yeah. Not really got a big haul, Che Adams, but consistently an assist here and there, a goal here and there. So he's doing his job at his price point. But um, yeah, I think there'll be goals in that game. And I think it'll be a good game to watch. But um, yeah. yeah, like I said, we'll wait to see the news about the Aston Villa game. But uh, all I've got a feeling, I don't think it's going to happen. I think it's too close. And I think that will come up to either a triple game week or a double game week for Aston Villa soon. So that would be something definitely to keep an eye on. And maybe Captain Grealish. Um, but yeah, so thanks for that, Greg. Uh, let's just quickly get your differential. So you've heard my differential for the game week. I've gone for the, the, the one, the only, Ollie McBurney. Um, there's probably a couple of listeners who don't even know who that is. <laughs> um, but yeah Ollie McBurney um, what about yourself are you going for um, well you could argue my choice is a bit of a boring differential choice but I've gone for Riyad Mahrez in, sure. in, the, in the City game against Fulham because obviously he scored that trick in his last game so he's on good form and he's against Fulham so he's a uh, I think he's 5.7% ownership I'll quickly check um, yeah, he's five point six. Yeah, with like these differentials, right? I'm a maverick. I'm a bit like a, a goalsman, or I'm a bit of a I'm a bit of a Guardiola. I'll play a fullback in midfield if I need to. I'll do whatever I want. But you, you're like you're Sam Allardyce, like you're Neil Warnock, mate. You just choose the clear and obvious. You're such Neil Warnock. Wait, how many points did your differential get last week? <laughs> how many did yours get? Well, mine got none. Well, mine got none too because both of ours didn't play. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping we didn't get. Uh, it was open not to bring that up on the podcast, but thanks for bringing that one up. Yeah. So Greg picked Martial, zero points. I picked Castagne, zero points. All so, I'm gonna, all, all I'm gonna say is if Martial was, was playing, he definitely would have scored. So, so uh, I still back that decision. Yeah, and if my auntie had bollocks, it'd be my uncle. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah I think Mara's for this game week I think he'll definitely play I think he'll avoid the pet roulette and it's Fulham 
Yeah, that's all you need to say, in it? <laughs> um, yeah, well, thanks, guys, for listening. And uh, we'll tune in next week, and hopefully I'll get the winning run back up. Overall, 6-4 at the moment. Greg is, funny enough, even though I'm leading on game weeks, Greg is ahead by eight points, I think, Greg? Yeah, I think it's about eight. Yeah, so keep an eye on that. But, um, yeah, we'll talk next week. Cheers, guys. Thank you. Bye.